Let me check. There it is. There I am. Okay. Well, hello. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, so welcome. It's good to be here. Uh, I love coming to church. It really is what I look for, word two, as the week drones on, especially in these difficult times. But, uh, you know, last night I was home just relaxing by the fire, enjoying my life. And uh, so the phone rings, and uh, so I pick it up, and there's a conversation, and I hang up the phone, so here I am. Uh, that's, how, that's how that worked out, but that's fine. God knows what's going on more than I do. But uh, it, it's kind of interesting because when I was called to teach at a moment's notice, um, you know, I remember some verses that, uh, you know, be, to, to be ready, instant, in the season, out of season. We should always be prepared to give a testimony to the faith that is in us. And so I've always, I'm always thinking about God. You know, I lay in bed at night hoping I can sleep. And when my thoughts are racing, I, I, I focus in on God because I want to know God. I want to know him more and more every day because I don't want to wait till I get there and say, oh, hi, you know, I'm Jim, how you do? I, I want to build a relationship with God right now because God is just an amazing God. When I see the, his creation, you know, just recently there was, a, there was a, a thing in the sky with a moon, it was Jupiter and Saturn where you could see them. And I look up there and I see God. And, you know, people, people you know, throughout conversations say, well, prove to me there's a God. And I, and I think, well, are you looking? Are you actually looking? Or are you, are you looking for reasons to find him or reasons to not find him? But I, I see God everywhere. And so that's what I think about. And so that's why we need to be ready to give a testimony to uh, a faith that is in us. And so I had to go into the vault of old teachings, things I've done in the past, because I couldn't, really didn't have time to start anything from scratch, but I don't think that's really important, as long as we're talking about God and talking about his word. But I happened to find some notes that I did uh, years ago. I don't even remember much about it, but it was, uh, the title was it a walk in, of a walk in faith. And if you're going to teach, then you really need to have a walk of faith. You can't uh, fake it. But I had a, uh, I started, I don't remember, usually when I'm going to teach, there's some kind of thought that I have, I've, I've been thinking about, some kind of impetus to, 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 to build a teaching on it. I can't say that I remember exactly what that was, but it seems to me it must have been a similar circumstance. Because I started out, had a quote from John Steinbeck back in 1937, it says, the best laid plans of mice and men often go awry. Now, I don't know what John Steinbeck knew about mice. I don't think they actually make plans. But I know that we do. We make plans. And plans are good. I mean, you have to make plans. You just, you just can't get up in the morning and wonder what you're going to do. You have, you know, have to go to work. You have to go to school. You have to do, you're going to do something. So it's not bad to make uh, plans. But the Bible talks about plans getting ahead of God away from God, without, without considering what he has in store for us. Uh, you know, does God call us? If God calls us, you know, push the little button that says, I can't speak right now, I'll, I'll get back to you. Uh, but God wants to speak to us. 
And the way we do that is to be in constant communication with him. You know, when you get up in the morning, connect. Connect with God. Say good morning and thank you for this day. I'm glad and I rejoice in my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Because God has plans for us. Plans for us to prosper and grow. But again, don't get ahead of God. Uh, you know, there's, there's a verse in uh, James. I'm just, you don't have to turn there. We're going to be in Hebrews if you want to uh, turn there. Eventually we'll get to Hebrews. Uh, but there's a verse in, uh, in James. It says, Now listen, you who say, Today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money, while you don't, do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast or brag, all such boasting is evil. Anyone then who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it is sin. Now, so this says, don't make plans ahead of God without God. Now, I don't think that everything we need to do we need to say it's the Lord's will. Like, you know, I'm going to go to Dave's Market if it's the Lord's will. I'm going to go to the gym if it's the Lord's will. I'm going to go to have supper if it's the Lord's will. I don't think we need to get into that, but we need to be in a frame of mind where we're allowing God to guide us and lead us in, in the actions that we may be involved in during that day. Because we, if we make decisions in the flesh, then we're going to start down that little side road of, uh, of flesh that leads away from God. So plans are good, uh, but make them with God. Now, <clears throat> an interesting thing uh, that I thought a few weeks ago, those of you that might have been here might remember that Rich made a point of, of how special that particular Sunday was. He kept saying, this is a Sunday like no other Sunday. There will never be these circumstances again where these same people and these same songs and this same message will happen again. And I kind of knew what he was talking about, although we may not know exactly what he was trying to get at. But when I used to think about the potential for teaching a message, I always had, like I said, I always had a theme. Um, and so my theme was the reality of now. And that really weighs on me, the reality of now. And this may seem simplistic, but it, it, it's now. Today is today. Yesterday, it's gone. It's gone. It won't come back. Tomorrow's not here. You know, it'll never be tomorrow. No, I didn't say tomorrow won't come, but it'll never be tomorrow because when we wake up, it's going to be today. <laughs> yeah. What a genius, right? <laughs> but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. So if you, yesterday, if you had a good day, you can remember and rejoice in that. But if you had a, if you had a bad day, you know what? Move on. Mm-hmm. Give it to God. Let it go. And don't be so consumed with what tomorrow brings. Because you have to have plans. You have to know what you're doing. But don't be consumed with with tomorrow. Today is the day that the Lord has made. Let us be glad and rejoice. Be consumed with today. Now, there's a lot of turmoil that's happened in this past year. And, you know, I'm not psychic, but I see turmoil coming. I don't see improvement. We need to be focused on today. What does God have for me today? Now, the other reality is, you know, when I got saved in 1980, I thought Jesus, I found out Jesus was coming back. I thought I just made it. 
I, I, I found about the rapture and end times and all. I thought I just got my foot in the door. I just made it. And 41 years later, I'm still expecting, I still have that expectation that God can return any time. And when we see the signs as they're approaching, it could be. Now, I think about what we'll be like when we, we're going we're gonna to stand. If you know Jesus, you're going to see God face to face. And what, what's that going to be like? And is he going to come back in my lifetime or not? But I think about that. And it's scary because I know I'm not ready to see God in the flesh, but I know I'll be changed. In the moment, a twinkle of an eye, I'll be glorified, and I'll be able to stand in his presence because of what the blood of Jesus has done for me. I won't be there alone. Jesus will be right there, and he will say to the Father, this one belongs to me. And so thank God for that. And so Jesus may hopefully return in my life or he may not, but incrementally I'm making that journey. And it's been a long journey. As a matter of fact, I wore a special shirt today. It says 1776. That was, a, that was my birthday. <laughs> it seems like I've been on this earth for a long time. When I think back, all the days I've, I've, I've lived, it's been a long, long time. And it seems like today... The day when I'm going to stand and, and see God face to face, it seems like it's, I'm not getting there, but I'm getting there. And if he doesn't come back, I will get there in his time. And there will be that moment when I stand before God. And as I said, I want to stand there and hear him say, welcome, thou good and faithful servant. And, and, and the way we do that is to have, have that relationship with him where he walks. We walk with him daily. He, he comes along with us, you know, the footprints poem. So we're going to talk, we're going to be in uh, uh, Hebrews, that's correct. And we're going to talk about faith. Now, another thing, I also had a note, and again, I don't know, I don't know what my thought was, but I had a note here about the passion of Christ. So this, this must have taken uh, place a while ago. But I remember back in 2004, the passion of Christ was playing in the movie theaters, and a bunch of us from church went over to the cinema to see that. And we were in an auditorium, probably about this big, probably about this many people there. And of course, before the movie, you know, everybody's yakking. And I hate that. That's why I won't go to the movies. It's too much noise. <laughs> but we watched this movie. And this is just a movie. You know, Mel Gibson put together a movie. They're actors. I know they're actors, Jim Caviezel. They're all actors. It's a script. They're all acting. But we sat there, and we watched that movie. And I'll tell you, when it was over... We were speechless. We could not speak. What Jesus did for us, it's unspeakable. And it really affected me. You know, what he, what he did for us. And so, and the other thing that amazes me about, uh, like when I watch the Ten Commandments, when he gets to the part where, where Moses is up and he's in the, he sees the Shekinah glory of God and he says, take off your shoes because this is holy ground. And, and, and he says to God, who shall, who shall I say ascending me? And God says, I am. I am. There is no beginning or end for God. If there is, he couldn't be God. And I think about how great and glorious is. He created the heavens and the earth. And he's such a majestic God. We need to glorify him and praise him. No matter how good or bad, we need to walk that walk and praise him. But we're going to look from, uh, in Hebrews, uh, so just a few verses to uh, remember uh, how people in the past lived their faith. And just a basic uh, history of years from Adam to Moses was about 2,500 years. And from Moses to Malachi, 1,100 years. And this is when the prophets were speaking to God. And so the way that God communicated 
was through the prophets. Now, the people knew they were prophets. There's no question about that. So God would give a message to the prophets. The prophets would give a message to the people. And some would obey God. There was always a faithful remnant. But there, was, there were many who said, I, I, I don't, I'm not listening. I don't care what you're saying. And so God was patient and long-suffering. But there came a point where God's enough is enough. My patience has run out. When they ignored his edict for the Sabbath of years, that's, that was their big downfall. The Sabbath rest of, of the Lord. They couldn't let the land rest when it was supposed to. They were greedy. They said, why should we let the land rest? And lay? The fruit is growing. The vines, the fruit trees, the, everything's growing. It would be a sin to, to waste it. Let's take it. And they did that. For 490 years, and God, okay, and I gave you time, enough's enough. So God shut his mouth. For 400 years, he didn't speak. How would you feel? How would you feel as a Christian if God stopped speaking to you? I don't know how they survived. Well, the remnant did. You know how God saved them? He captured them. God saved the faithful by capturing them sending Nebuchadnezzar to capture them and bring them to Babylon. That's how God saved them. The rest were destroyed, the unbelievers. And so today, God speaks to us through Jesus, his son. And in Hebrews chapter 1, there we are. So it says, in the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets, and at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom he made the universe. The Son is the radiance of God's glory in the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. So God is speaking to us through his Son, and you know, the, the name of Jesus, just that name, that provokes emotion in people. Because for those unbelievers, what does it provoke? Condemnation for sin. What, I think probably the num, number one reason why people ignore the message of God is because they want to hide their sin. They enjoy the sin of the flesh. And they want to, if, if you hear a message of God, then now you're convicted. Okay, so let's ignore the name of Jesus we don't want to hear the name of Jesus. But for us, you know, the last song, well, all the songs, I'll tell you, the words, the words are great, but the last song we're going to sing today is, is one of wonderful name is Jesus. And that name, when I hear the name of Jesus, my ears perk up because I may hear somebody else talking about Jesus. I want to know what they're saying. What are you saying about my Jesus, you know? So that, that's a great name. I love the name of Jesus. And so that is how God speaks today, not through the prophets. He speaks to us directly through his son, Jesus. And so uh, we need to not neglect his speaking. So we need to keep our lines of communication open. Let him speak to us. I like to pray. I like to pray about everything, not because God is my, my genie or my, my, you know, that he's my servant. I, I have to be very careful about that. But I like, I like to ask him about everything. Is it okay to proceed in this way. You know, if we want to buy something or if I want to go somewhere, I say, God, is my plans? Is this sound good to you? And I don't want to share it here because I don't think this is the right place, but there was a really, really, really big thing that, I, that we started praying about last December. 
And I just prayed to God. I said, please show me what's, what's the right way. And I believe he told me. Now, how do we know? So if I pray, if I pray about something and I get an answer, I say, well, that's just a coincidence. It just happened. I, I, I can't do that. I give God the glory for everything. It, it, so if I pray and he gives me the answer, I need to be obedient and I need to follow it. If I don't, then I'm a fool. So this revelation uh, that Jesus is speaking to us now is superior to the word of the prophets. Now, we still study the Old Testament. We want to learn. You know, the Old Testament is, is a schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ. See, the, the, the New Testament is in the Old Contained. And the uh, Old Testament is in the new explained. So the, the Old Testament takes on new life when we understand what the prophets are talking about. They were talking about uh, the coming of Christ. So we don't want to drift away or neglect our salvation. Uh, how shall we escape if we neglect the message from Jesus? Uh, in Proverbs 16, 25, it says, There is a way that seems right to man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Now, we seem to live in a world that seems to be very vigorously uh, marching down the wide path of destruction. And if you remember when it talks about in Revelation, when God comes in the air and brings judgment, there are people that will see and know it's him, and they say, we still reject God. Let the rocks and the mountains fall on us. We will not accept. So there's something inherently evil in the heart of man if we look into ourselves. But if we look outside of ourselves and look to Jesus, then we can have hope. Now, there's something, there was something different in the Old Testament than in the New. In the Old Testament, I said the prophets would come and they would give the word of the Lord to the people. Now, the people, as I said, they knew it was God speaking. But they still didn't listen. But see, we have a benefit because it talks uh, in uh, Hebrews, uh, verse 4. I think I need to move, change the uh, chapter to verse 2. Chapter 2, uh, verse 4, it says, God also tested, testified to it by signs, wonders, and various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. So we have the benefit when we come to know Jesus as Lord, the Holy Spirit of God indwells us. And so the Holy Spirit is not there to drive us. He's there to encourage us. You, can, you cannot listen to the Holy Spirit. He can encourage you, say, don't do that or do that. And we can say, by not listening, we can go our own way. But we have the power of the prophets lives in us. We are a prophet because the Holy Spirit is speaking to us and speaks through us. And I thank God for that because the Holy Spirit is my conscience. And if I do something willingly or unwillingly against the word of God, I instantly know it's wrong. I don't need convincing. And that's the Holy Spirit nudging me and he's saying, did you really, <laughs> did you really need to do that? Well, no, I didn't. My flesh did. But I did not. I need to do that. But I can say I'm sorry. And can you help me uh, move on from that? So moving on. Uh, to the next page. In chapter 2, 
verse 14. Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity, so that by his death he might destroy him who holds the power over death, that is, the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery, slavery by the fear of death. And so uh, unbelievers, as we once were, uh, death and sin, it captures our soul and our captures our flesh. And it, and it, and it hides the flesh becomes dominant in our lives, and the flesh guides us and leads us and reigns over us. And we seek to please the pleasures of the flesh. Now, you know, we know the wages of sin is death, but let's be honest, you can have fun sinning. It can bring joy. The, the, the results of death, which is not so much fun, but we can enjoy sinning, overindulging, doing things that are wrong, that un, unholy and unpleasing to God. You know, I, I won't go into that. But we can, we can enjoy sin. And what happens when you, when you go down that path, you want more and more. You can never be satisfied. You will never, ever be satisfied. You know, it's always interesting. I think when you hear about somebody who's involved, I hate to even talk about this, so, so I'll keep it short. But I hate, when you hear about somebody who's involved with child molesting, you hear something say, like, he had 6,000 photos and 300 films. And I said, which one was going to satisfy you? The one brings hunger for the next, and the next, and then you can never, ever, ever satisfy the sins of the flesh. You want more, and you want whatever your sin is, is as bad as that is, or maybe something to a lesser degree. You will never satisfy the lust of the flesh because it just encourages more. And so Jesus came, he, he came to put the old man to death. We are new creatures in Christ, but we have to put on the armor. We, we, you can't just let God do the work. We, he, the Holy Spirit encourages us. Jesus encourages God the Father encourages us, but they don't drive us. We're not cattle. We're not, we are sheep, but, he, but God, the God doesn't drive us. He leads us, and so we have to follow. Okay, Unbelieving hearts will turn away from God, and they will reject him but we are to turn our eyes upon Jesus and follow him. And we will have rest. And if we want to enter the rest, the rest, there's a rest coming in heaven, but we can have rest on this earth. We will have trials and we will have tribulation. Patience, I'm very impatient, but I never pray for patience because God says tribulation works patience. So I don't, I'm not praying for patience. Pray for something else, but... But uh, there, we, will, we will have trials and tribulations. We'll say, God, why? Why? We're not immune. We, our faith is strengthened and tested when we go through trials. As iron, God talks about iron. iron you, have to, you work iron. You, you beat it, and 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 it becomes very hard and very sharp when you, when you put an edge on it. So we're tested through our trials, but we have... The, we had, the Holy Spirit helping us uh, and, and bringing us to that rest, the, the eternal rest. Uh, moving on, turning the page. Now you remember when uh, Hebrews goes on in chapter 7, I'm not going to turn there, but Jesus goes on to talk about the sacrifices in the temple. And I wonder what people thought when they came day after day after day after day 
the sacrifice, you know, the sheep and the goats and the bulls, just the constant uh, ritual. And did they ever wonder, what, what is this for? They knew what it was for. It was to atone. Atoning is, uh, it, it was, is a temporary appeasement to God uh, for their sin. For the, and, and once a year on the Day of Atonement, the priest would go into the Holy of Holies, and he would atone for, for the nation of Israel. That was a one-day year. Uh, but the, the lesson was about Christ. All that was to teach us about Christ. As I said, the Old Testament is explained in the New. And so Christ came, and when he died on the cross, his blood was shed. Now, you remember when he came out of the tomb and Mary wanted to touch him, he said, don't touch me. I'm not, I'm not ready yet. Jesus had to go. He had ascended to heaven, and the mercy seat that was a cop, uh, the, the copy that was in the temple was, was yeah, the, the, the mercy seat in the temple was a copy of the, of the real one that God has is in heaven. And Jesus had to ascend to heaven, and he had to place his blood on that mercy seat. And that's where our sins were placed, right there. And so we don't need to sacrifice daily uh, in the way that they did in the Old Testament. Jesus did it once and for all. And, that, and I think that is a little so simple that it's, it's hard for some people to understand. Well, isn't my works, you know, isn't it, if, if I'm really good, and I would say, well, what is really good? Where, where is the line? Because there's going to be a line between somebody who's done good works and maybe some who did a little. There has to be a line there. How many things can, do I have to do right Sometimes I'll do something nice. I'll, like I'll, somebody's trying to pull out in traffic, I'll let them. So well, that's good. That's good for me. Well, what about the times when I want to ram into them? Because <laughs> they aggravate me. So how many times do I have to let people out before it takes care of all those other times? And I can tell you I'm way behind. <laughs> and there's not enough time. But we don't have to do that anymore. I can, I can ask God to forgive me. And, it's, and God says, that's fine, but... Go and sin no more. Yes, Father. And we don't have to have priests on our behalf going into the temple because we have a high priest who is Jesus. He is, a, he is our mediator between God and man. So we, we, now we, ha, we can enter the Holy of Holies. I can, I can be in the presence of God even Though God is in heaven, I can enter into the Holy of Holies. I can be in his presence, in the spirit, by faith. Uh, 11.39 says, none received the promise Jesus had not come. God had something better planned. There's a verse also in, uh, in Hebrews. Uh, Hebrews 6.19 says, uh, we have this hope as an anchor for our soul. And that's a song that we do as well. It's one of my favorite songs. And it says in Hebrews 6, I have, actually have it on my arm here, Hebrews 6, 19. We have this hope as an anchor for our soul. By two immutable facts, and those two immutable facts that it talks about in 6, 19 is that God can't lie. God has no reason to lie, but he can't lie. He is a holy, perfect God. Whatever he says is true. And so he can't lie, but what is, what is the unimmutable fact? He gave a promise to Abraham, and Abraham believed forward. Thousands of years he believed unto Christ, and he was, Abraham was saved by the promise of God. And so we have that promise to us. 
that if we believe in Jesus, believe in our hearts and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. So, as I said, to some it's, it means so, so simple. It's so simple that it may be hard because I want to do something. We, we feel the need to do something even though we know we can't. I, I've been good. I haven't robbed the bank. You know, haven't killed anybody. Uh, you know, I don't know what the list is. Uh, but we will never be able to appease God except by the blood of the Lamb. And so, uh, getting back to what I was talking about, um, the reality of now, um, I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm trying really hard to live for today. Um, I'm thinking about tomorrow. It may come, it may not. It probably will, probably will, but we don't know. But living for today, and there have been songs written, you know, today is a day. Uh, live for today. When you, and this is just an encouragement to me and to you, if I can just say this. Uh, when you get up in the morning, just praise God. Uh, praise him for his glory. Praise him for his creation. Praise him for your saved soul. Uh, and if the day looks hard, uh, then pray and ask for his help. God is, is, is always with us. He is always with us. And he, sometimes he walks in front of me, sometimes he walks in back of me. But I know he's always with me uh, because he's gotten me through some very difficult times. And I, I could go on about when I was in business. God did so many miracles. It's, it's astounding. I would have the worst day at work with all these circumstances that are going wrong. And I would come home, get on my knees, and, you know, the circumstances didn't change. But I just brought it to God. I gave it to God. And he says, I'm with you. I'll get you through it. And he did. Because he's an awesome God. So all I can say is the next song is what a beautiful name is the name of Jesus. And today is the day of salvation. If you are here, hopefully you already know Jesus. Hopefully you do. Maybe somebody's listening at home or on the Internet. And I would say the same thing. Tomorrow's no good. You say, well, I heard what you said, and tomorrow I'm going to deal with it. You can't. There's no guarantee. There's so many people that get up in the morning and go out into the world expecting to come home, and they never make it. Mm -hmm. Today is the day of salvation. Or if you're a Christian, today's a day to renew your faith. And so don't put off till tomorrow your, ever, your eternal soul. Because tomorrow... What does the Bible say? Eat, drink, and be married, because tomorrow your soul may be required of you. Your eternal soul may be required of you tomorrow, and it may be too late. Today is the day to accept Jesus into your heart and to live your life for him. And if you stumble and fall, then get back up and do it again. But I can tell you that having a personal relationship with God right now is the greatest gift until we actually see him face to face. So let's pray. Father, we just thank you for the name of Jesus, the, the name above all names. It's a beautiful name, and we thank you for the salvation that he has given to us. Uh, by grace, have we, we have been saved, and it's not of our faith. Even the gift of faith is from you, Father. And so we trust in Jesus, and I would just pray if there's anybody listening that hasn't considered your son Jesus, that they open their hearts and minds and accept and receive the, the precious gift 
that he is offering to them for free, Lord, and that your Holy Spirit would overtake them and, and cover them and, and hide their sin from your sight, Lord, and that we may enter into the Holy of Holies and the Temple of Glory, Father. So, Father, we just thank you for this family of God. We pray that we'd be faithful in serving you here in this community and just shine the light in the darkness in these very difficult times, Father. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. So if you want to stand and we'll sing, what a beautiful name is Jesus.